Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and another episode of the Weekly Debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on the Weekly Debrief, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, it's been a couple weeks since we had a Weekly Debrief, but we're back. It's been some big yes. news in the interim. How are you yeah. doing? Great. I had a great vacation, and of course, we've been busy, which is off a few podcasts um but busy is good you know the weather is spring has arrived i'm just loving the the summertime preview we're in the third ward and looking out the window on these sunny days and there's a there's an apartment development uh under construction between our building and the summerfest grounds and there's a constant banging going on (laughs) as they are driving these pilings into the ground um, you know, some of these projects in these once swampy lands uh, in the downtown area need these pilings to support buildings. So it's a lengthy process and uh, <laughs> it's a little irritating to some people to hear a bang, 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 bang. But it's the sweet sounds of progress, I say. So I'm just enjoying it. So good weather, fresh off vacation, construction progress in our neighborhood. And plenty to do here at this times Milwaukee. So good. Absolutely. Yep. That is, it is good to hear, you know, construction taking place, uh, even if it is uh, a little repetitive at some point. <laughs> but, uh, well, let's dive in with our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider subscribing. The equivalent of $9 a month gets you access to all of our stories on biztimes.com, along with discounted event event admission and other insider benefits. So please do consider subscribing. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? I'm going to highlight our coverage of one of the biggest stories of the week was the news of the merger of freighter, you know, another big healthcare system merger. Uh, freighter merging with ThetaCare. Uh, freighter, of course, based in Wauwatosa, you know, strong southeastern Wisconsin presence, the only trauma center hospital in, I think, all of eastern Wisconsin, I believe. Um, so freighter is a big deal. Um, and ThetaCare has a very strong, you know, based in the Fox Valley, so has a very strong presence in northeastern and uh, central Wisconsin. Um, So the initial story was not an insider story, but we did two follow-up stories that were insider stories that dug deeper into this, into this deal. What's really going on here, including a Q and a with Kathy Jacobson, um, head of freighter who, by the way, and and the Q and a gets into some of this, she'll be retiring um, six months after the completion of the Freighter Theta Care merger. And so we had a chance to pick her brain about that, but also just kind of get inside the deal and what's going on here. So I encourage you to check that out. There's there's a lot there to, to chew on. Yeah, Ashley Smart did some uh, some great coverage there. So please do check that out. My insider story spotlight, I'm going to be a little bit selfish and highlight one of my own. Um, I had a I had a story on the uh, the compensation for Harley David Harley Davidson CEO Jochen Zeitz. 
Um, every year, the public companies, publicly traded companies, uh, have to do a filing that's generally referred to as their proxy statement. And that includes their um, details on their executive compensation. Uh, it's just always an interesting look at, you know, which CEOs made the most, things like that. Um, and kind of goes into lots of detail of, of how that compensation is, is calculated. So it was interesting to see to open the Harley proxy this year and see that Jakin Zeitz made $43 million, which was a, a big jump over 18 million the year before, which was right. a big jump over nine the year before that, um, which the year before that was his first year. So it's kind of a partial year. Uh, the previous Harley CEO usually made like 11, 12, 10 million a year. So 43 million was a big number, but you look a little closer at the number and there's a, a big um, grant of uh, some, what they're calling um, aspirational incentive uh, shares, I guess. Uh, they are granting him stock in the company, but only if he were to get the company's stock price to certain thresholds. Um, so the way the accounting works, it, it shows up on his compensation this year worth $32 million. Um, but if he's able to only gets that money, um, only gets that stock. If he's able to take the company stock price um, to at least $70 a share, um, and that's just to earn the first chunk of the, the shares. And then there's different thresholds up to $130 a share. Uh, the Harley stock currently is, I think, in the, the high 30s. Um, it's been at around 70 twice previously in its history. Um, and that was when there were kind of different different time in the company's history, 2006, 2014. So you'd have to get back to that level. That's like the previous high um, to earn any of this and would have to pretty much triple, more than triple the value of the company to get the full value of it. Now, if he does get the full value, it's worth $195 million in stock, which is quite the payday. Um, but uh, it's a long way to go to get there. So story kind of walks through more of the, the math and the mechanisms here. Uh, but was an interesting thing to, to open their proxy statement and, and see a $43 million payday, but you gotta, you gotta dig a little deeper to get the full story. Yeah. They're eye popping numbers, but as you point out, you know, there's a huge caveat there. And, and I think aspirational is the key word in this whole thing that, okay. It's, and, and as you point out, it's kind of an accounting thing where they list the compensation, but it, has, it hasn't actually gotten it yet. And it's a huge question whether or not it's it'll be done. I mean, I, I think it's extremely ambitious to get a stock price, you know, nearly doubled to seventy dollars again, and the additional thresholds beyond that. I don't know. I don't know how realistic it is, but I guess you know, you, you as a as investors, you put that incentive in there and say, hey, if you can make this happen, and our investment pays off to that degree. Yeah, we'll give you a gigantic bonus. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. And this was something that was pushed by one of their their investors that owns around 8% of the company stock. They're the ones who pushed it forward. Shareholders got a vote on it last year, actually, um, and approved it with you know, 64%. So um it's a big it's a big carrot out there um for yep. him and the, the Harley team. So we will continue to watch that and that company. Uh, in the meantime, let's talk about our big story of the week. Um, you mentioned one of the stories that was a big story this week in Freighter. Another big story 
news that um, Cardinal Stritch University in Glendale, kind of located on the border of Glendale and Fox Point, um, is going to be shutting down as of the end of this semester, um, which kind of seemed to come out of nowhere that uh, this university is going to be closing. Um, we've got some agreements in place and different things to kind of help students who are either close to graduating or, or you know, looking to transfer, things like that. But big news, and it means a, a fairly sizable campus. Um, questions about what that'll mean and what that'll become in the future. All sorts of different things in play here, Andrew. So what what do you make of this news? Well, I think, you know, your initial reaction to it is, is a shocking that you hear, wow, a, a, a university in the area is going to be shutting down. Cardinal Stritch has been around since the 30s. So, you know, it has a long time presence in the Milwaukee area. But when you talk to people in higher education, they're not completely surprised that this is sort of a a growing storm. And this could be, from what we're hearing, the first of, of several of these cases where, um, you know, you, you have a smaller um, demographic right now of college age students. You know, the millennials are long gone. And that was a huge generation. Uh, they, are, they are long gone from being college age. The Gen Z is a much smaller, you know, population generation. So there's fewer of them for higher education to pursue. There are kids that are, I think there's an increasing skepticism towards pursuing higher education and the value of it. Uh, I, I think there's questions about the value proposition that people have and are increasingly pursuing other opportunities. Um, so bottom line is enrollment. A lot of schools are seeing declining enrollment. That's combined with um, an environment in which tuition is seen as being very, very high, and there just isn't a willingness by students to pay more in tuition. So if you're a college, your enrollment is going down. You just you can't convince people to pay more in tuition. And a lot of these schools have deferred maintenance issues with their campuses, with their facilities that they've just kind of kicked the can down the road for years and haven't addressed. And now on top of all that, you know, COVID-19 pandemic was a huge blow uh, to colleges and universities as well. So I mean, you, you add all that up and there are a lot of schools facing big financial challenges. In the case of Cardinal Stritch, they've decided it's no longer sustainable. They can't go on. I'm hearing there could be more of these. Uh, there's something like some of the neighborhood of 18 colleges and universities in southeastern Wisconsin, which is quite a lot for a market of our size. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, one's going by the wayside. It'll be very interesting to see if there are others. There, there very well could be others. Yeah, and that's, I think, you know, the interesting bit. And there are, you know, each one of these have, you know, substantial campuses and um, kind of take up a, a fair amount of space. So there's always questions about what, what becomes of that land. Um, there's questions of, you know, which which ones can survive, um, which ones struggle. I mean, you think of, I mean, so I went to Carroll University College when I got there. I was university when I left. Um, and over that time that I was there, I saw a lot of, well, the time I was there in the immediate aftermath, we saw a lot of building projects. We saw a lot of, uh, you know, improvements to the campus and kind of development of the campus. And I remember, you know, as students, we were always kind of pushing back on, why is our tuition going up? Why are we, you know, paying for 
this thing that's going to benefit future students, things like that. Um, and remember talking to administrators and, and the need to invest and demonstrate value to students of, of getting education there. Um, and that has only increased um, over the last decade or so when you think about yeah, a skepticism of, you know, is a college degree in and of itself worth it? Um, I mean, there's there, there are the stats about, okay, people with a bachelor's earn on average X more than someone without. Um, but the that that's an average and it doesn't apply for everyone and doesn't make, you know, not everyone necessarily is a fit for college. And then you throw in, like you said, the demographic trends. I think 2026 is the kind of the 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 I guess the the low point, the peak of the cliff or the edge of the cliff um, for um, higher ed in terms of just the number of, of high school students they could, could reach. So they're, they're steering down the barrel of that. Um, and, you know, more options. There's an increased emphasis on um, options for careers in the trades and things like that. We have a publication called stuff that highlights those careers. Um, and the way I always think about stuff is kind of, you know, just, making sure kids have an awareness of the full range of options. I've talked to people. I mean, I went to, to Germantown high school, which is located in the middle of an industrial park area. And I didn't know what half the, the businesses around us made did, you know, not even a half mile away is MGS manufacturing, which is a, you know, a global company. I had no clue that was there. Um, you know, yeah. so kids, but I think more and more people are, are, are becoming aware of, those other options, which translates to, okay, maybe higher ed isn't for me. And then throw in, you can learn, you know, online, um, both through formal, you know, whether it's online schools, certificates, things like that, or just the whole world is is at your fingertips um, in terms of, you know, online searches and learning things off YouTube and things like that. So there's lots of other ways for people to get knowledge and get, you know, um, informed uh, all that adds up to you can see the struggle for for institutions of higher ed, um, especially some of the smaller ones. Um, and you have to look at, you know, are you are they being creative and evolving and advancing what they do? Another element that might be interesting for the business community to think about is um, as that learning changes, like how do how do people change their approach to, to hiring? You know, are you looking for, you know, do you have to have a bachelor's degree for a certain role or not? Um, can someone just demonstrate skill? Um, things like that. It's it's an evolving landscape that's, like you said, this may be just kind of the tip of the iceberg of a lot of change in the higher ed world, um, both in terms of closing and just evolution. Yeah, yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. I think it's a very good point that there are so many more options now. Uh, there, there's competition that never was there before. Um, for for higher education and, and and now that student that that person comes into the workforce and, and how do businesses deal with and evaluate their talent and skill set um i also think it's interesting what you said about when you're at carroll and all the you know building projects and stuff they were doing over there that perhaps that's a gauge of the health of some of these schools you know you look at for example, you know, MSOE downtown Milwaukee, they've been so active in acquiring property and 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 adding things to their campus. And that's not a very big school. 
um, but it's pretty well regarded engineering school. Um, you know, in comparison, Cardinal Stritch, I can't remember the last time there was some kind of project at, at, at the Cardinal Stritch campus. I mean, so perhaps that's a sign of health of a school. You see a school that's actively investing, presum- presumably in a fiscally responsible manner. Um, you know, if they are, then that indicates a sign of health, you would think. And if school isn't, could be a red flag. Um, the other thing you mentioned, I think it's interesting, is what, what becomes of a campus in, in Cardinal Stritch's case. It's a 40-acre campus, uh, you know, uh, bisected by the border of Fox Point and Glendale. There's a lot of, a lot of residential neighborhoods surrounding it mostly. So, you know, what'll become of it, you would think, at some point, you know, it's going to be on the market and a developer may seize an opportunity there, I would think. Housing, you know, apartments is probably the most logical uh, land use over there. Maybe some of those buildings would be converted into office space. Um, I would think apartments would be the number one option. Housing would be the number one option. We'll very interested to see what becomes of of the Cardinal Stritch campus. And yeah, now we're really going to have to keep our eyes on other uh, universities in the area and see what, uh, if this is, if, if there are others that face this, uh, this situation, are, are others an endangered species as well? Absolutely. It's a story we will continue to follow uh, over the coming weeks, months, years. Uh, until then, that'll do it for this week on the Biz Times MKE podcast. Thanks for joining me as always, Andrew. Absolutely. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.